0: Welcome to Shot Callers and today is a very special uh, day because it is our one year anniversary and uh, we are fortunate enough to have Ted McGrath here. He's a theater performer, speaker, and best-selling author. He has created five household brands and made millions teaching coaches, speakers, and service-based business owners how to turn their life story and life experience into a lucrative business that impacts millions and makes millions. Ted brings a unique approach to coaching, speaking, transformation and information marketing by combining his business marketing strategies and his transformational skill set with his talent as a performer. Now, not only is uh, Ted one of the highest paid consultants in the industry, he is also a theater performer of the smash hit one man show called Good Enough, where he plays 15 characters on stage from his life story. He is on a mission to combine the impact of entertainment industry and transformation industry to unite the most, <clears throat> the two most powerful industries and influencers on the planet uh, for the greater good. Ted, I am so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show. Very excited.
1: Pleasure, man. It's great to be here, buddy. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Well, I want you to know. So I looked up, I always check out when I when I'm following somebody and when I've been a client of theirs. And and so the first time that I was introduced to you, I signed up back in March tenth, two thousand and thirteen. I oh, signed man. up for a webinar on uh, how to build lucrative, uh, lucrative, and lifestyle-friendly coaching business. Oh my God! So That's since then, I've I've gotten many of the programs, your book, and <laughs> message to millions, and all that. So uh, very big fan. And one of the reasons I I love what you do is because back back in two thousand thirteen, I feel like. A lot of people a lot of people in our industry were um they didn't walk the walk first and that's what i love about everything you do you walk the walk not just talk it you've thanks. experienced it um so that's why you resonated with me so um welcome thanks, to the show
1: thanks man it's great to be here
0: um well if you don't mind i'd love to jump right in and uh find out you know tell us about some of the early days and when your career in insurance and sales and uh how you how that Turn into business and sales, entre- becoming a sales entrepreneur.
1: Um, yeah, where, are starting in the insurance life.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you don't mind, yeah, I'll,
1: I'll... I started in the insurance business. So I was 21 years old, and uh, you know, I, I didn't really have a better idea of what I wanted to do as fresh out of college. My dad, we were going to go into business with him, but then he really struggled, and so. You know, at that point, I needed to make some money and get a job. So um, I walked into uh, New York Life. And, you know, initially when I took the interview, I was so desperate. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be there. I'll be there. And, uh, you know, I walk off the elevator and, you know, I had kind of a creative writer in me, you know, my whole life that I, I kind of just suppressed and pushed down a little bit. But around that time, as I was exploring, I was kind of doing a few interviews with some companies about writing and stuff like that. And so when I got off the elevator, I you know, walked in and I thought, Oh, New York Life, I was like, oh, it must be a magazine, you know, and, uh, only to find out it was an insurance company and, uh, and, you know, I had nothing better to do. So I went in and sat in on the interview and, um, and the guy who interviewed me, you know, asked me one question and we talked for like four hours and, wow and we just, uh, clicked and he hired me and, uh, we're still best friends to this day, you know, 20 years later. And, wow. um. Yeah, and it's, and it's cool. And so, you know, I, I started out at 21, and, you know, I, I was successful. You know, I cracked six figures at 21 to 22. And uh, um, and then, you know, I, I went out that night and uh, OD'd from, you know, drugs. You know, like a bag of cocaine, a couple of pills of ecstasy, uh, 15 drinks. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much a standard weekend in terms of the drinking. The drugs got a little bit out of hand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I'm on the kitchen floor, like, you know, four in the morning and, you know, my soul's coming out of my body and I'm dying and, uh, you know, you wake up the next day and, you know, for me, it was more of, um, um, at that point I was having the opportunity to get promoted into partner. So with company, um, so they were kind of, they were staging me for that. And I just stopped doing drugs. Uh, you know, most people will say, what, you fear of dying again? I would say fear of dying was second first was fear of losing my job. Right. You know, when you get into like a leadership position, things change a little bit. So yeah, that's what I did for five, six more years in New York life, became one of the top partners in the company. And, um, you know, that was that. Wow.
0: So what, I mean, I guess what was the, uh, what was the itch that made you switch from, I mean, cause obviously you were looking for something more so i you know talking to our viewers here what was the point where you were like i want to do something different or i have a passion for something cuz you're obviously making great money big success i mean in terms of financially but there was something that was you know kind of digging in that made you switch want to go get more i should say yeah i mean probably probably like 2 or 3 months in you know oh wow like,
1: um you know it's uh I think deep down, I think people know what they want to do right away. Um, sure. I, think, I think, I think a lot of times people just don't look at it or they think they can't do it. And, um, you know, they think they're not enough to do it or they're just fi- following societal, you know, um, I, I would say norms, pressures, but also just what they see, you know, what's in your environment. You go, okay, well, this is what my life's going to be. Cause everybody around me is doing it. So for me, it was more, um, you know, I I always had a performer in me. You know, I always had an actor in me. That's that's my that's my core purpose to this day. The play you're talking about now, the good enough to play, it's on my life story. You know, we're turning it into a feature film, so we've we've got funding for the film. It's we're starting casting like in a week or two, and wow. uh, it's going to be an extraordinary extraordinary film. So, you know, deep down inside. I had that inside of me um, at a young age, you know, I did some performances as a kid, very, very nothing formal, but I was doing things like that, that I always loved and I found it inspired me. So, um, and even when I played athletics in college, like I, I think I, you know, I played baseball and I was always center stage on the mound. When I played tennis, it was just me and I was always center stage. So, you know, that's a form of communication too, even though you're not using your words, you're expressing yourself. Um, and your power in the world and, you know, who you are in the world and your skill. So, you know, when I got into the insurance business, I went there for the relationship with my friend who was my boss at the time and a stranger. But, you know, once we started doing seminars, um, I remember the first seminar I ever did, you know, we had like 40 people come and, you know, we sent out a mailer and a bunch of people showed up for a dinner. And you know, in doing it, my my whole focus was um, was actually um, how good of a story I was going to tell up there. So I created this story, and I started to tell the story. And my only real interest up there is kind of funny if you if you look at it. My only real interest up there is to tell a great story. Right. And um, and even to this day, at my seminars, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I do my play, and it's the thing that I perform. I, I rehearse the most for before the seminar, which most people would think for four days, you got to get up there and talk, and then you got to make a pitch. And, you know, most people go through their pitch religiously. I, I glance it over and get up and do it. I don't prepare any of the content because I know how to speak. I know the content. And then as a performer, you know, when you do a play, um, doing speaking after that is probably the easiest thing in the world. To be able to do so i've always wanted to tell the story and it's always been more important to me uh than the money and it's not that i don't want the money like i love the money but even when i was doing those seminars i wanted to do the story um even more so than i wanted to make the sales wow so that's kind of an indicator of like okay this was showing itself at a very very young age um And I was choosing that, you know, choosing, let's go do seminars. Um, There were, you know, there were, there were 70, 80 people in that office, Um, you know, 21 years old, I was the number four producer and people used to, you know, sometimes look at me and go, oh, Ted, the golden boy, the golden boy. But, you know, the thing that I always looked at is like everybody else in that office had the same opportunity. Like when the opportunity came up to speak, they could have done that. They could have built a relationship with Mo. He could have liked them a lot because they were persistent, but most of them weren't and that's the reality of it and I had the ability to persevere in the face of that and so to answer your question I found storytelling um, way before that but I found storytelling in my career in the insurance business which actually was a stepping stone to actually doing theater now wow and acting
0: wow and how many years have you how many years have you done the play now Seven years. I was going to say it's it's been a long time. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: yeah, we just did a run for six weeks, which was amazing. It's so funny. I was looking back at like you know I'm not I'm not very active on like social media. Instagram, we advertise a lot, so people probably see our ads if they know us. Mm-hmm. You know, we spend 180 thousand a month in advertising. But I'm just gonna I'm starting to get involved in in social media. It's a big initiative for us this year. And I was looking back through my Instagram stuff the other day and like I scrolling down and like, you know, what have I posted? And I was looking, I was like, wow. And I looked at the six week run. I was like, and I was just smiling. And I remember how much fun that was um, for six weeks doing my play nonstop. And um, it was a great experience. And, you know, before, you know, the coronavirus and all that, we, uh, you know, we got, a, we got uh, the Edinburgh Festival, which is the biggest film festival, I mean, uh, play uh, theater festival in the world. Um, we were scheduled for that. So now we're rescheduled for 2021. I, my play became a finalist for the Rave Festival in New York. So I'm waiting to see if we get selected for that, which is a pretty big deal. Um, So that's cool. And then we're, you know, we're gonna do the the Fringe Festival here in Los Angeles whenever they do that again in 2021. Um, So, you know, the play has evolved massively, but then the play was another stepping stone to the film. okay? Okay. And I think that's the message that I would have for people listening is, um, you know, you can do it one of two ways. You can, you can take the stepping stones, um, being on the outside or the outskirts of what you want to do. Um, or you can just dive right into it. Right. And sometimes we're, you know, I can speak personally or myself. I was so confused of like, what am I here to actually do? I was so, you know, trying things to feel a certain way, like success and money and drugs. And, um, and I was searching for what is that purpose that's core to me. Um, and I started to find pieces of it. I, I didn't know that the world of theater existed for somebody like me until I saw somebody do a one-man play. And then I was like, oh, I thought theater was Broadway and all right. these things that you go see, which, which you know, my, my personal opinion is, like, I enjoy certain things on Broadway. It's just never spoken to me in a way that a one-person play has where somebody tells the truth of their life story. So that's kind of the,
0: been the journey, you know? That's really awesome. That's that's excellent. How's how soon until we get the future film out? Do we have a deadline? It's a good question. I mean, it got pushed back a little bit. I
1: think yeah. I think the goal is to film in November. Basically, you know, the casting will start in a week or two, which is, you know, we're on like the eighth draft from the vision of having this. January last year is when I had the vision. And uh um you know, I remember. I remember specifically. I started working with my uh, my uh, coach from my theater coach, and he's you know he's he's a big deal on Broadway, Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, Beauty and the Beast. Like he was the star and all those uh, amazing, amazing guy. Wow. So he's directing my film about a year, my uh, play about a year and a half ago, and I had the vision then um, where he came for like our second rehearsal, and he came over to my house. He's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Oh, this is like." You know, this is like a writer and this is like a you know a film financer. And he and I had just talked about the idea of the film. And next thing you know, boom, like I got people there. Wow. And then he introduced me to some relationships to start opening the doors. And we got one writer. And then, you know, he did a good job of helping us get our feet wet. And then um, we just did four more drafts. You know, he did three drafts. We did four more. So we're on like our seventh or eighth draft of the script. Okay. And it's really good, man. My buddy um, who wrote it, he's my acting coach. Um, he's done a really good job. And we've yeah. had so much fun uh, creating it. Uh, just so much fun together, the collaboration. And, that, and that's the thing that I want say to say to everybody. The deadline probably is November for the movie, but to film it. But the thing I want to say is that, like, you know, make sure you pick the right relationships. You know, when I did it in the insurance business, I picked the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know still my best friend to this day when I had the opportunity to do this film I had some other directors I was going to go with other many other writers too and interviewed a lot of different people was almost across the finish line with one of the directors great guy still fantastic guy awesome guy but there was something where we weren't fully vibing on my story you could tell that he had something where he just wasn't fully there and I went with a, a, a more, a less seasoned person as my director and my writer, as a less seasoned person, but I chose it for the chemistry. Right. Um, and I knew his ability because as working with me as my acting coach, and I knew my comfort level with him, and I knew what he could pull out of me. And so I just went with my gut one day and said, hey, like, you, you, I know you're in TV, you're doing TV. You, you, you're interested in directing this film, like throwing your hat in the rain? And now that, that was the end of the story, man. oh wow, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's awesome that's and and you talk about like mentors that's and and relationships. I was fortunate enough to have a mentor as well at an early age when I started, and I see a lot of a lot of successful people I think most of those people have that mentor at an early age, and I see that advance them so far i I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I, you know, it's interesting. Mentors mentors are good, like, for different things that you want to learn, you know. I think ultimately, you know, the great goal is, uh, you know, I think the great goal is your own, like, spiritual growth and sure. personal growth, um, you know. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there in relation to that. But I think you have to find what works for you and, and something that actually works, you know. Yeah. And I think as you evolve with that, I think the greatest mentor you have is yourself and where you start to think for yourself, you know, but then of course you get, you know, there's great people who are knowledgeable in different subjects that you want to learn from, or if you haven't been in business before, like my mentor, I had no experience at 21 years old in business, you know, without him, there's no way I'm doing what I'm doing that first year, you know, and it's just the idea idea yeah, that that nobody does it alone. You know, even in doing a one-man play, you know, you're up there alone, but y- you have a whole team of people that are supporting you.
0: You know, yeah, if you start the
1: film, you got a whole cast. You I mean, the efforts going in with the amazing people I have around me right now, and really, truly amazing people in the entertainment industry. Um, just great people, good people. You know what I'm saying? Like ethical people. And you got to have that. And so that to me, that's the number one thing of decider of anything, like pick those people first, and the rest will, you know, you'll work the rest out with them.
0: Yeah. And it's very refreshing having those type of people around you as well. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, we were, we were joking the other day. And
1: like, I, you know, I'm kind of shielded from the entertainment industry. I, I just see the good in situations. And then of course, I, I'm also trained to see when something's out, like, okay, there's something about this person that we need to you know that there's an issue here we, we probably don't want this person on, on our team or in our group and you just got to be able to spot that but for the majority I mean people are really good people you know yeah. and um and so and I've always attracted good people and um and that's what we have in our group and we were joking the other day like you know wow this is such a great positive group you know um but not positive from the sense of oh you're really good and you know and and they're stabbing you in the back behind right. your back positive from the sense of like constructive you know and everybody wants to give their thoughts and, and positive from the sense of like everybody respects one another, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's terrific. That's great. And, and on, on that, you know, with you're very confident and you teach confidence in, in a way that I love, not only in your book, but in what you do, what would you say for like entrepreneurs? How, how can they gain more confidence and, and, you know, bring it to the table with that? Cause a lot of them, that's one factor that they're missing and it's a huge factor so
1: um yeah I mean a lot of it's life experience you know um I think that's one thing that's huge is like you you, you got to do it um uh, so I think that's that's part of it um some of it's knowing like it's what you know you know right. like deep down you know you anybody could have uncertainty in a situation right like you can get in a situation where you run into somebody and you kind of like collide on something, oh, you're certain you're shaken. Um, but if you have a strong point of view, then you're certain you won't be shaken with that. Right. You know? That's one. But two, you run into situations where you know, maybe whatever, something's happening in the day and you're in that situation and you're, you're, you've lost your focus or, you know, you're whatever, and you might feel uncertain. But if you, if you know that you can do it um, and, you, and you really know, which is different to me than belief, you know, yeah. Um, knowing it's just at your core. Like I, like I know at my core that I can act. I just know that it's just something that's been with me for whatever your beliefs are for many lifetimes for me. And so, you know, when I sit there and you know do stuff with my acting coach, I also have to have somebody who believes in me as well, because if you have somebody else there who's counter to that, that's going to affect you. So I think the biggest thing that, that knocks people off is when you have people in your environment who are invalidating you, you're going to think less of yourself if you're not trained to smack them over the head a little bit. If you hear somebody say that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, and, um, and so, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to handle stuff like that. Like, you know, I've had people at my play come to my play and, you know, you, you have those great people in the room and you have, you know, in, in any room, you'll have a, you know, a few people that, are just, you can spot him from a mile away, you know? And I remember seeing this one one time with a guy, and I could spot him coming, you know? I could spot his emotional tone yeah. and look at him, and I just knew, I was like, oh, this guy's a problem. And sure enough, like, he wanted to come, like, project on me and give me feedback, and, and you know, and I was just very polite. I said, hey, thanks so much, man, I appreciate it. And I know I know you're probably about to give me feedback right now. he's like, how'd you know, you know? Um, you know, and I could spot it, and right. I said, it's great you know but I work with my coach and that's why I hired him I pay pay him to give him feedback and I choose who gives me feedback or not but thanks so much for coming appreciate it you know so I think you you have to be able to protect your space you have to be able to spot who's who 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 are the good guys and who are the mm, you know and then who's you know you know like I said before very small percentage people are are not the good guys yeah but you got also spot the people who are confused Uh, It doesn't mean they're not good. They're just confused, you know. Um, And you know that's kind of how I run my life. Yeah,
0: that's a very good way of putting it. That's, and on that, with your, you're so good on video. How? What kind of? Do you have any tips? And I know you have a great swipe file out right now, um, that I picked up on YouTube and uh, on one of your ads. But um, what advice do you have to those people who are are so scared to get in front of that video? I mean, because you've made great videos for a very, very long time. Do you just say just go for it or what what would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I I still have that sometimes on video. Like, you know, all of a sudden the the cameras in your face and you're live, you're like, whoa, whoa, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, like you shoot as like a a bee, a bee, you go back into like whoa, whoa, you know, and then all of a sudden you gotta push your attention and your and your and your and your self out to you know project to the people and to impinge upon somebody. So that's just that's just knowing and, and for me training of like, you know, if I'm in a seminar room and I realize I'm only reaching somebody to the first, first, uh, first, um, row, I, I know that I can then project out and reach people in the, uh, in the back row. And, uh, and I don't mean my voice. For me, I mean, as a, as a, as a being, I'm a spiritual being, I can fill the room. So I right. can literally, if I want to go into the back room where I'm standing on stage, I can literally go there spiritually and boom, you know, impinge upon somebody in the back. So I, I understand that. I know that about myself and that's pretty much what I do. Um, on camera, it's the same thing, you know, and, um, and, you know, it's, it's practice and confronting any confronting it, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, um, you know, do a, a video with this iPhone, you know, like, you know, you got to pick it up and be there with the iPhone, you know, because it's just a lens, right? Like, well, what, what are, what are you, what are people worried about? You know, um, it's just a lens. Right. right. So, um, but then if you go live, then you have eyeballs watching you. So you got to be, you have the willingness to confront that. And then you also got to realize that, you know, you're always going to have people who m- make some negative comments. Sure. It's always going to be there. Just like, you know, and, and I, it's rare that I ever say all the time, you know, or everybody but I don't see a time at this point in this lifetime where you're going to have, you're going to put something out where you're not going to have people who are negative about it. Right. So you, you got to just learn to deal with that and, you know, not even pay attention to the comments on it and just, and just, you know, just send your message. And, um, and I would also say, just like, know what you want to say, you know, yeah. um, like have three bullet points you want to talk about and just talk, you know, yeah. and if you're not confident, just practice um, before you even go live or before you go on video, do it a hundred times.
0: Yeah, exactly, that's great advice, great great advice. Um, what do you think as far as, what do you think now? I mean, we have a lot of uh, uh, spotlight on entrepreneurship right now and everybody wanting to be an entrepreneur and, and I love entrepreneurship. Um, do you have any advice for those who wanna get started and do you think that they should jump in right away or what would be, I mean, because I look at my path and looked at, had things not working out the way they did, I don't know, had I not gotten the core business model, do you think they should start there in, in like an entrepreneurship or working for somebody else, or you think they should dive in, or what's your advice, I guess? I think they just need to make a decision that's
1: best for them, like everybody's situation is different, it's like, you know, so I was in the insurance business with no kids, no wife, and I was in a situation where it was, you know, I was critical of where I was at for years, which was, you know, my fault, you know, the company was a great company. If I didn't like it, I should have just left. And there were a lot of things that I did like about it. And I did enjoy about it. You know, I was just immature and young and doing stupid stuff. So at the end of the day, um, I just left because it was like, I didn't want to do it anymore, you know, but I knew deep down inside, there was something more for me. I knew that I had an entrepreneur in me. I had somebody who wanted to go do something, but more wanted to do something that I was passionate about that was going to bring me fulfillment, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I just jumped, you know, like we had a plan of like a transition plan, six, seven months. And then one day I just called my, my mentor and my, my buddy. And I just said, listen, I'm out. dude. Gone. And I just left. I didn't have a plan. We had, we had a plan. We were starting a business, but not a solid plan. So I think, you know, you have to determine what your risk level is. And, you know, when you leave something like the, the need to succeed in it is high. Right. So, you know, you kind of, kind of got to determine that. Do I regret the way that I left? No. Okay. Um, maybe I never would have, if I waited and waited and waited. Right. So I jumped and I broke the damn, you know, uh, the rope when I jumped, you know, or that the pouch, part- you know? Um, and that was, that was fine for me at the time. Do I do things differently now? Yeah, to some degree. But when I wanted to do a play, um, I saw somebody do it. I was like, I'm going to do, do my own version of it without any coaching or anything. I got up on stage and flopped around like a dead fish and embarrassed the hell out of myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so absolutely, yeah. you learn and you go do it. Um, I, I'm about to go do a movie and we're training and getting ready for it. And I'm sure I'll have some experiences there. But whoa, I didn't expect that or that was new for me. I, I know I'll be able to handle them. But it's, I'm jumping in and I'm not just going into a movie, I'm starring in my first film ever, which is my film. So that's just kind of my style. I'm, I'm at the point where I want to go into something fully. Right. But you know, you got to decide and you, you got to look at your responsibilities of, of what you have going on in your life and everything that you need to fulfill. But you know, ultimately, if you think you have responsibilities now i think as you grow you have more and more responsibilities right just for your family and not just for yourself but your responsibilities for you know your your groups and mankind and making sure that you do good things in the world to help you know i'm a i'm a big proponent of drug free world which is the largest non governmental uh, education based uh, drug initiative on the planet you know to educate people on what the truth about drugs is and uh, and I raise a lot of money for it, and every event that I do and shows that I do, I promote it. Um, I play a big role because drugs is destroying um, our society, particularly in America. You know, yeah. we're, we're one of the worst with it. So I'm very big on that. You know, and there there there's no, there, there's nothing in it for me in terms of financial benefits or gains. There's just the responsibility of I want to help mankind, and I went through that. But more so, I I just see. Um, how bad it is you know it's yeah. not even, it's not as much of the personal thing I, i'm not as affected by the personal aspect of drugs from cocaine and all that stuff even though that's a big thing we talk about but I, i'm also very big from the perspective of the psychiatric drugs yeah. you know are running rampant and they're just misused and abused for a big percentage of the population and uh and that, that to me that a lot of that stuff is just it's a problem you know yeah
0: i love that too you get that moment of satisfaction and then that hunger comes back and the because that's one that one of the things that always scares me is I always think about, I, I do compare it, like you said, I, I know what I'm capable of. And if you really imagine what you're capable of, that's one of those things where you're like, other people may be, oh, you're, wow, that's amazing. You did that. And you're like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I know I could be doing this. And that's uh, always in the back of your mind. It's a like a driver for me. But so. Yeah, I, th- I think
1: everybody, you know, everybody's different. And I think you just like for me personally, I I, I got to know what's true for me. And yep. so like, if somebody thinks it's great, I'm flattered that they think it's great. I think it's great. And it's nice to get a compliment where somebody flows a little power and admiration to you and they go, hey, that was amazing. You know, It's nice. Yeah. And then you have to go internally and go, well, did I feel like I was amazing with it? You know, and if I did, that's great. You know, and if I didn't, I was like, okay, well, it's a nice compliment. But I, I know for myself, like what was true for me. And um, I'll take the compliment and appreciate
0: it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to our viewers at all, or anything else you want to throw in there? Um,
1: now I'm looking at that never be closing book. I'm like, yeah. I should, I should at our next event. I gotta get, I gotta print copies for that. Yeah. But um, it's it's cool to see it. I haven't seen a copy of it in a long time. Yeah. But um, I I would say um, no, I think my my final words are. Um, I think I've said enough and that's pretty much it, you know?
0: Well, one thing I'll add to the Never Be Closing book. So I have my paper copy that I completely ripped up, you know, tore apart and, you know, putting all the earmarks on and highlighting and I love it. And then I have my, this is my professional copy where I put on my bookshelf. So so, so I'm teaching one and then I have my other one. So, yeah. That's cool, buddy. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you very much. Oh, well, any, and what's the best way to contact you for everyone? Um, you can go to Ted McGrath Brands,
1: like B R A N D S dot com. So Ted McGrath, T E D M C G R A T H. Okay. Brands, B R A N D S dot com, and you know, go check it out. Um, we have a bunch of content on there and stuff. Most of our stuff is done through funnels, so I'm sure if you go to our website, we'll probably retarget you, and then you'll see all of our stuff online, which is the more relevant stuff when we're advertising. Yeah. But you can go check out the website and there's some free stuff on there. You can check it out, and uh, that's it.
0: Thank you very much, Chad, for being our one year anniversary show. We appreciate Congrats. it. Congrats. Yeah, well, thank you very much, and we appreciate you being on. Yeah, that's awesome,
1: man. Appreciate you. Thanks, brother.
0: Yep, thank you.